0: this is at the nexus episode 45 we have youtube and morris on friday october 5th 2012 and now with the biggest thing i've ever held in my life this episode of at the nexus is hosted by ryan ramperset with guest co-host brian mitchell hey how's it going
1: Ah, pretty good
0: that's good and here we are again not joined by my usual co-host matthew petchell today we have a different co-host who do we have today we have
1: Brian Mitchell.
0: That is right. A few weeks ago, we had Brian on for the iPhone 5 event uh, coverage, and so he's back again with his iPhone.
1: The iPhone 5.
0: The iPhone 5.
1: Yes. The the second iPhone
0: 5. Yeah. Right. The second iPhone 5. Maybe we should explain the second iPhone 5. Last week, we mentioned our, our secret plan, so we we were planning on to have Brian last week. As soon as he got his iPhone 5... But it turns out it had dust in it. So do you want to explain that?
1: Sure. Yes. Well, I noticed about 24 hours after getting it and enjoying it that there was a quite a lot of dust underneath the camera cover. So in front of the lens, but underneath the glass cover. So I counted 16 particles then. Then by the time I sent it to Apple a week later, there were many more. But Apple sent me a box. And then I sent it to them and they got it this past Monday. They looked at it then. They decided they would replace it and they sent it on about 7 PM on Monday and I got it on Tuesday.
0: That's pretty I, good. When,
1: yes, it was very nice. And they gave me a SIM ejector key, which is something I just haven't had yet. So that's nice.
0: Right. For, so that so you could swap out your SIM card yeah. in the meantime. Yeah. I mean,
1: it paperclip works fine, but yeah. now I have the official one.
0: The official one's better. Yes. So, uh, do you think, um, so how did you like notice the dust? Did you just see it back there or did your pictures get affected at all?
1: Um, I didn't notice anything in my pictures. I was sitting in the lounge of my floor and just looking at my phone cause I'd had it for a day. So I'm like, Hmm, let's inspect any damages or things. And you know, a few very small scuffs or minor scratches or something in the glass. And then I saw the camera and then I kind of freaked out and complained to everyone in the room. <laughs>
0: So how then, is the camera on the iPhone 5? Is it raised up like the, um, iPod Touch camera or is it actually embedded?
1: Um, it's embedded. It has the, the glass that's on the top of the back of the iPhone 5. It, um, it goes, there's, I'm just going to turn on the light so I can see what I'm looking at here. There's a small, I think, steel, maybe aluminum ring. And then there's a, they say some sapphire glass. So for really hard, so it's not scratched. Like cover over the camera, and then that's underneath.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so when I, whenever I look at it, I just it just looks a little weird to me because it's like off center.
1: Yeah. It's I guess they can't have it centered because there's the yeah the other camera and the proximity sensor and the light. This yeah. Well, and the speaker for hearing too.
0: Yeah, that too probably be important for a phone. Yeah. So well, overall, since we haven't really had you on you know, last week since you got the phone. How is the iPhone five aside from the dust issues?
1: It is fantastic. I am coming from the iPhone four, so two years old, and the iPhone six is insanely fast. The A six is wonderful. Um so I could take a picture of my iPhone four and I use H D R so it takes three images and then it kinda of stitches them together to even out lighting and things. But so I'd take an H D R photo on my iPhone four, and it would take like 10-15 seconds to save it and take it before I could take another picture. And now on the iPhone 5, it's done in like 3, 3 seconds or something. And it's very nice.
0: That's pretty good. So overall, like, is the, like, uh, A6 really very noticeable or not so much?
1: Over the A4, I find it extremely noticeable because everything is just so fast and not laggy at all. I'm just doing lots of animations on my phone right now and there's no lag and it's, it's very smooth. I think the, it has a gigabyte of RAM, so double that of the 4S and the 4, even quadruple of the iPad 1. But, uh, it is, it can hold, so I, I mean, I can go in Safari and browse, like, Reddit or something and it'll remember previous pages and open things much longer. And it, I think more apps will open faster than the app switcher just because it can hold more previous
0: open apps so I really like the design of the whole thing I mean it looks really great so how is the back holding up like with scratches and like scuffs and stuff
1: well since since getting this my second iPhone five on Tuesday
0: second iPhone I, 5. So I I've been,
1: I've been much more careful just because there were some minor scratches and nicks on it so i've I've tried to very much limit setting this down any flat surface that's <laughs> And so far, it's all right. I ordered a, a like a bumper for this.
0: Oh, okay. No, I assume it's not from Apple; it's third party. It's from
1: what is it? Case1449.com. But
0: Interesting. I, so, do you do like screen protectors or all at all, or do you just go complete glass?
1: I go complete glass. I think I really like the feel of the glass. Now, I so
0: I have, I don't have an iPhone. Too poor, but I do have a relatively nice phone with what I believe is Gorilla Glass. Um, but unfortunately it does have one scratch in it and it's annoying because it's right in the middle and I didn't put a screen protector on it in the first week and of course I got it in the first week. Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah. No dust though, so that's good. Yeah. But I, I did have a phone a long time ago, my first real smartphone, and it was an Optimus V years and years ago. And it must have been um somehow the the dust got in through the left um micro s micro S D port slot thing and so basically the dust would fan out in a little triangle from the corner left bottom corner to the middle of the screen like it was being pushed and blown in there and it was really weird so then i brought it back to um radio shack which is where i bought it which is a poor place to buy things but i brought it back to them and they're like so i showed it to them and they're like so the dust is under the screen protector because i had a screen protector on it and it's like no no the dust is not under the screen protector it's under the screen And they're like, Oh, is that annoying? And it's like, yes, it is annoying.
1: (laughs) That, that's probably out of anything that could happen on a thing with a screen dust underneath it would probably be the most annoying thing that I could think of.
0: Yeah. It really is annoying or maybe like a non fault and like a non defect annoying annoyance would be having a scratch like that you can't even like obscure on the screen, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is a good time to uh, mention our survey. So, since yeah. it, if you've been listening for 7 minutes and 34 seconds, uh, you should really take our survey. We have a survey at bit.ly um, slash tntv dash survey. And you can also find the link in the show notes, of course. It'll be right up on top, so I'll make it easy for you. Um, and so, basically, we want to know what you think of us. We've been doing the show for just about a year now, and we're coming up to it in just five weeks. So we want to know what you think. We want to know what we can do better. So you should take our survey and let us know.
1: It doesn't take very long. I I think I did it in 3 minutes.
0: Yes, you did it in 3 minutes. It was you had excellent responses. I I know awesome. how you, I know you you secretly say you didn't listen to every show, but I know you did.
1: <laughs> I well, I I have, I haven't listened to that many, but I I try. university yeah. a tweet.
0: Yeah. Well, so I I didn't get a phone this week, but I did get a computer. So I suppose we could talk about that. That's kind of, kind of cool. So for the past few weeks, I've been alluding to this new computer that I'm building, not only for, you know, fun and, you know, to play games like Guild Wars on, but also for the studio in general. Um, you know, as I, as you can probably imagine, I do this show like, you know, every four days or so. Yes. Uh, we have three shows a week now. And then if we're lucky, we get a special in every once in a while. So that's a lot of shows. And so doing audio encoding actually is kind of, a big thing i do now and you know my computer served me really well i mean the current computer i use um has a quad core amd phenom 2 and that's a that's a pretty good processor but it's it's old it's from 2009 it's from when, when windows 7 came out so i i've been you know getting i've been buying parts for the past two weeks and so today i actually went out and bought the last two necessary pieces i i bought an intel processor which is shocking because for the last few weeks I've been saying that I would get an AMD processor to be loyal to my favorite brand ever, and um, and I also got the motherboard that went with it. So you've built computers, right? Or you um, at least, you or or you at least know the internals.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know the internals.
0: Yeah. So the processor I got, it's it's not even it's it's an amazing processor. So originally I was going to get the AMD FX eighty one fifty, which was the top of the line. That AMD was selling right now today, and to to all benchmarks I read online everywhere, um, the unanimous decision was that the AMD 8150 was very very bad, and it was probably in most cases a step back from the previous generation top of the line. So it wouldn't have really been a, a step up to get that over what I have now. So we switched to Intel, and originally I was planning on getting a i5. 3550 i mean a 3570k um and a few weeks ago ian buck put his computer together and i believe that's what he got a 3570k i'm not sure if he got the k or not but i'm pretty sure it's a 3570 what does that k do so the k is for unlocking it's for overclocking um i I don't really intend to overclock but it does so not only does it allow you to overclock but it also bumps up your clock speed a little bit okay um so instead um my my dad t- kind of talked me into uh spending just a little bit more to get the i7 3770k. And wow this it's it is blazingly fast. So um I, just before we actually started the show actually um I had been hooking all of this up and we uh, read, what I'm doing right now is I'm actually running benchmarks on it. I'm running um Prime95. It's a um benchmark well, it's not really a benchmark, but it's a burning burn-in tool for processors. Okay. And I have it on full blast. Uh, all eight threads are in use, um, and it, most of the processors are barely even feeling it. and it, it it installs things so fast that I don't even know when they're done. If things open so fast, I expect to wait, and then I look back and it's like, I just feel like I should still be waiting, but it, they already. Yeah. So it's really fast. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I have the, I'm not quite sure the number. Uh, I think it's the well, the quad core i7. I think it's the 3850m because I'm a in a laptop here. But um,
0: yeah, you have the Retina MacBook Pro, right? Yep.
1: With the best processor that it can take, I'd say I don't want a, a 2.7 gigahertz Intel Core i7. That's what Apple will tell you what it is.
0: Not very descriptive.
1: No, not at <laughs> all. <laughs> But, so, it's quad core, has 8 megabytes of L3 cache. It's, I don't know, it's the top of the line that you can get for mobile Intel Core i7 processors. So, so
0: you know, it's funny because I've really wanted, so you, you've told me about your written and Backbook pro before, and I really wanted to like try one out myself to see if I would notice the screen, but also to, you know, to play around with it. And so I went to Best Buy because I was just at Best Buy and apparently they have all of the regular MacBook Pros but they do not specifically have the Retina display MacBook Pro which I find absurd.
1: Yeah, that's that's the flagship computer. It really is. But I,
0: but I'm thinking like it, maybe it's Apple like they want people who want the flagship to come into the real store.
1: Maybe uh, I w- I really I wonder how much Apple makes off of them cuz there's so many different parts in it. Well,
0: is- I mean they make a lot of money on everything they do. I'm sure they're maintaining their 30 to 40% margin. That's true. Yeah. But Yeah, they they uh, so I mean the mobile processors are a little bit different than de- regular desktop processors, but man, it is I've never felt something so fast and I mean it's a combination of the processor and the solid state drive. And then when I yeah. put my GTX 670 in it, it'll be ridiculous, but it it is quite impressive.
1: Yeah, solid state is insane. I can I was, um, playing some Age of Empires 3 earlier today and there was network issues. So we were just restarting our computers and I hit restart and I look around 12 seconds later. It, oh, it's back up. Yeah. It's fantastic.
0: So I found out what your processor name was for reference. So you got the faster one. So if you didn't get the faster one, it would have been a 2.3 gigahertz i7 and that would have been a 3615 QM. And I believe you got the quad-core 2.6, right? Uh,
1: I have 2.7.
0: Okay, well, maybe it's just overclocked a little bit. Or maybe this is the wrong processor. I mean... Uh, Ivy Bridge? No, no, this is right. Okay, so yeah, 2.7. Um, And then, yeah, so you have a 3820QM i7.
1: 3820QM, okay. What a weird number. I should write that down somewhere.
0: I found this by Wikipedia. I'll put a link into the show notes for all of our diligent listeners.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the Retina MacBook Pro is just extraordinarily well-designed. I, I like it. I'm a
1: little worried for when the battery life starts to go down a little bit, but...
0: I mean, so how long do you think you'll keep sticking with it? I mean, like obviously you're going to keep using it until it lasts, but I mean, how long do you expect it to last?
1: Well, I... I used my old MacBook for four years, a little under four years. So I'm hoping this will last me about that time. We'll have to see.
0: So I have iStat Pro, which is, I don't know anything else that tells me this, but it says my battery health is 93% and I've gone through 173 cycles. Now I don't, I don't really put much, much faith in that 93% health number because it goes up and down all the time depending on what mood the battery's in. Yep. And so this computer, it turned one in July earlier this year. So, I mean, it's only like one and a third years old. So, I mean, I think that it'll, I think this, this, um, 2011 MacBook air will keep going along for yeah. another year and a half or two.
1: I've, I've had my MacBook here for, let's see, almost got in July. So almost four months. And I've charged it 74 times and it's at 95%. What? Um, I, I drain the battery once, maybe twice a day, so.
0: That's amazing. I almost never drain yeah. my battery.
1: I, do, I mean, like, I, I just go sit in the lounge sometimes or right. bring it to class and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then, I don't know. But my, my old MacBook, I think that has about, uh, what is it? 920 wow. s- charges and it's at 51% health. It dies <laughs> in like 45 minutes. It's right. really bad.
0: Well, I think most bad, most, um, I'm, I'm, most batteries rated for like 200 or so. Or, I don't know. It may, um, make
1: it yeah. Up. The battery in my late, it's the late 2008 aluminum unibody MacBook, and that's it's rated 300 charges. And then, for the next generation MacBooks, Apple redesigned the battery a little bit, and they said they'd last for a thousand cycles. Um.
0: Which is overly optimistic, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, oh, I agree. But, um, I, they haven't said anything like that for any other model recently, so I bet you it's dropped down since then, but
0: we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it's time to do some lightning. You want to do some lightning? Let's do it. Okay. I, I think I'll go first so that you get the hang of this. So okay. this week, Google announced that they're deploying a new ad format and they're calling it Lightbox. So basically, when an advertiser wants to get you to do something with an ad, it won't just like be there, like in a little text box. You have to click on it. It'll expand to take up the full page. And then only when you click on it as a user, do the advertisers get paid. Um, and, uh so that that's really great for uh advertisers so they can make money. My
1: money, money. Alright, and then Nest, so they make the very cool thermostat with the same guy who designed the iPod click wheels. hmm Um they have their second generation Nest thermostat, which is thinner, more metal, less plastic, and thirty dollars and the that's first generation thirty
0: dollars cheaper.
1: Thirty dollars cheaper. Yeah. And I think you can still buy the first generation for cheaper as well. Yep. Um And it supports more um, heating and cooling systems, Um, and the first generation Nest will get the software update as well for some new features. New features.
0: Yeah, it 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 looks really great, and and I've almost convinced my parents to get one. I would
1: like one if I had a house.
0: Right. Yeah, you probably shouldn't put that in your dorm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably not a good idea.
0: So uh, this week, App.net on the uh, you know just maybe a month away from. Uh, you know, actually opening up and actually getting, uh, $500,000, I believe, to, uh, open app.net up. Well, cool. they've reduced the price from $50 a year to $36 a year, and they've also added a $5 a month option so that customers that want to try month to month, they can do that too. But I would just like to point out that $5 a month and there's 12 months in a year, that's $60 a year, which actually, just so you know, is more than $50 a year. Yes,
1: and more than Thirty six. With uh, thirty six, yes, yeah, that too. So on Thursday, Mark Zuckerberg announced that Facebook has one billion active monthly users for the first time ever. Yes. So that's a little under one seventh of the entire
0: population. Planet of, the world? of Earth, Earth, yes. <laughs> the planet of Earth, that is correct. Isn't that amazing? I find that astounding that a billion people use one single service.
1: It's insane. I just can't imagine what kind of bandwidth they are using.
0: Well, right, yeah, it's incredible. That is, well,
1: I don't know. There's, so, uh,
0: let's see. Target. You've you've heard of Target before? I'm pretty sure they have a Target in Morris.
1: They do not.
0: What? Morris this, is
1: only a town of I think five or six thousand.
0: This is a travesty, and they all go to the campus. Well, there might,
1: there might be a Walmart. I'm not sure. I haven't
0: really explored. Ew, it's our competitor. Okay. Well, Target is launching a new buy with QR code feature. And so basically what this does is when you go to a store and you have your seven year old along and you want to buy them a Christmas present. Well, normally what you do is you take your coat off, you get your Christmas, their Christmas present and you wrap it up in the coat and then you put the coat in the cart. So that they can't see what you're getting them for Christmas. Well, with this new buy with QR code, you take your smartphone, you scan the code, and it gets shipped to your house instead in a discreet box. So that your kids will be surprised on Christmas Day. Yes, that
1: seems like a very good way. And they still get their money and not some other reseller like Amazon.
0: Right. So they get the, they get their sale. They keep it simple. And pretty much everybody has a smartphone now. So I think it's a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So... GoDaddy has quietly killed its cloud computing business. I don't really know what this is. I haven't really looked into it, but.
0: You know, honestly, I don't think anybody's really looked into it. So basically my understanding is GoDaddy earlier, that wasn't this year. It was last year when they started this. Um, they wanted to compete with some other cloud server services. So basically Amazon, Rackspace, JoyNet, uh, they wanted to compete with them. And so they, they launched their own service. You know, it's just basically you can, you you pay a flat fee and then if your server needs like it it has high demand your server scales up to meet the demand. That's basically what the cloud servers do. Well, they're they're shutting it down simply because nobody likes GoDaddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was the max the mass exodus when SOPA was around. Oh
0: yes, I remember. Everyone that. just left. Even Wikipedia, which I found absurd to have even registered with GoDaddy. I don't
1: know what they aren't written. they aren't they big enough to have not their own register? A, yeah.
0: Well, actually, Wikipedia really doesn't have any money. They don't make any money. So they're not really not that big in the scheme of things.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Speaking of big things, YouTube. Well, you have YouTube in Morris, right?
1: Yes, we uh, do, actually.
0: <laughs> okay, good. At least you have YouTube. Well, YouTube is now using a localized Turkey TLD. Um, I know that sounds funny. Um, but basically what this means is in Turkey, the country, um, they're going to be using uh, YouTube.com.tu, I think. I'm not really sure what the actual Turkey TLD is. But basically what happens to YouTube now in Turkey... Oh, I'm sorry. YouTube.com.tr. Basically okay. what happens is Google will have to pay taxes on their ad revenue. And anybody getting ad revenue from Turkey, from ads in Turkey, I mean, they'll also have to pay taxes on those... Uh, things. So I, I assume YouTube would handle that. But they also have to adhere to stricter content policies um, and so any videos that the government of Turkey would find poorly on YouTube, they, they have to filter. So that's a weird thing that YouTube decided to do this week. I wonder
1: if they'll have a moderation process or...
0: I I don't know how it'll work. I, I assume or... it's kind of like a state-run kind of thing. I'm hoping not. Yeah. But, uh, I assume.
1: Alright, so Bob Mansfield. Mansfield, sorry.
0: He I always was, say his name wrong, too. Yeah, Bob, that's all I know him, as. I, always say him I always say his name as Bob's Manfield. I, I put the S at, uh, on his first name. I am weird. Yeah. Huh? I don't
1: know. Everyone reads it differently. Maybe. So he was supposed to retire. He uh, posted a retirement letter on uh, Apple's site mm-hmm. and in July, but now apparently Tim Cook is paying him $2 million per month to keep him on as an advisor.
0: So basically, what I hear is that the team that he worked on, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was like hardware development.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think on the Mac, I believe. It yeah, was.
0: yeah. So basically, I think what happened was his team said that the guy who was replacing him wasn't ready for the job. And so that they needed him to stay around so that they could actually do things right. I find that kind of concerning, but I
1: don't know. Yeah, I hope that doesn't mean that well, oh, Max from here on will not be quite as good, but. Well, and another,
0: another interesting thing too, um, do you remember when, um, Apple said they were leaving EPEAT? Yes. So that big, that big storm, that big frenzy. So that happened early in one week and then late the next week, Apple changed their mind and I think Bob's, Bob. see, I did it again. Bob's <laughs> Mansfield. Bob Mansfield. I'm pretty sure he, wrote or he took the fall for it he um he wrote the public apology to the public saying that we were wrong to t- leave EP and we're coming back and we're adhering to e. Pete even more so that yeah. that's kind of interesting that he not only took the fall for that but is staying around
1: i feel like um part of that may have been with the Retina MacBook Pro cuz from what I've heard it doesn't officially qualify for gold because right. the battery is glued to the case. Yeah, and but I, they, I, Apple still markets it as gold.
0: Well, isn't I'm pretty sure the MacBook Air batteries are glued to the case too, aren't they?
1: I I'm not quite sure. I
0: don't know how else could they be there. I don't know. Well, anyway, uh let's talk about MetroPCS. MetroPCS is not here in Minnesota, but basically it's a phone service that's around the United States and T-Mobile last year was trying to be purchased by AT&T, and as a part of that failure to merge, they're kind of desperate to actually grow now because they thought they were going to get a free ride, but they are not. So they they want to merge with MetroPCS. They want to uh, buy MetroPCS and take their existing customers on the CDMA network. That's the crappier network, by the way, for those that don't know. They want to take them and move them to L- the, the T-Mobile LTE by 2015 and essentially absorb all their uh, their customers. Uh, but that's kind of weird because AT&T, I, I mean, T-Mobile uses GSM and the network is so incompatible. It would take years and years, and I doubt people would really like this. I don't know what benefits MetroPCS subscribers would have in this situation, but I don't think it's going to be fun.
1: They. I guess is if they want it to work, they basically have to give everyone a new phone who doesn't want to just buy a new one, their upgrade.
0: I think that's doable, but man, it's, that would
1: hurt. Yes, big time. But, uh, Sprint is considering a counter offer for MetroPCS, which would make more sense because Sprint is also, uh, CDMA.
0: Oh, well see, that so. makes sense. See, Sprint should buy it, but, but th- that brings another weird thing to, to my mind, I'm pretty sure MetroPCS is a prepaid carrier. So, Sprint already has two prepaid carriers on their network. And the third, if you don't count their own services. So, if Sprint did buy MetroPCS, would they just use them as a capacity boost? But Which makes no sense because MetroPCS has no capacity. So, I don't really know what's going on there.
1: Yeah, we will have to see what happens.
0: Yeah. Speaking of seeing what happens, Meg Whitman, the current CEO, because, you know, they change like every week now. The current CEO of HP says that 2014 will be the year of the HP, but you really should just totally ignore 2013 because it's going to be absolutely terrible. Um, I think their stock is like $9 right now, and I'm pretty sure that's the lowest it's ever been.
1: Yeah, they, didn't they, was that, who was it that cut out their entire PC division? Is that HP?
0: Yeah. No. Their entire what division?
1: Like computer division. Some company well, did that. Well, they were thinking
0: it? that that was thinking HP, but they were thinking okay. of it. So they, they had their personal device division. I'm not really sure what they called it, but they had that division, and they thought they might want to spin it off as a separate company so that when the company totally and utterly failed in a few years, the the red lines would not be on the larger company's transcript, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I've
1: seen I've seen mostly HP computers here at Morris. Yeah, probably, I, I out see. Out of all PCs,
0: you know, it's funny. Um, I see a lot of HPs at the, the U campus here in St. Paul. But what also is weird is that as like I last semester to this semester, they look more and more like a Mac Pro, a MacBook Pro, or MacBook Air. <laughs> so they're they're increasingly getting better, but not really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next here? All right, so. Like what Chrome did a few weeks ago, Firefox will be launching its own Metro-style version of Firefox to be on the Metro desktop when Windows 8 launches.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, actually, Windows 8 launches in just, what, about three or four weeks? Eh, Maybe three weeks now. I think it launches on October 26th. So it's a good time Firefox got out right now so that people can test it and then promptly not use it anymore. (laughs) Yes. Now, speaking of not using it anymore, I don't think anybody in Foxconn in China is doing anything right now. I think they're writing. Uh, apparently, um, the Foxconn workers, I believe 3,000 of them, decided to f- start writing. I don't really know what the reasons are. Maybe I should actually read the article I'm citing. <laughs> hmm. So basically, they're, they they've stopped the iPhone. See, I don't like stories when the only thing they can focus on is simply because Apple makes iPhones at the Foxconn factory. They make other things there, too, but yeah. really now, that's not why the story is important. Okay, so three thousand to four thousand workers began their strike at the Foxconn Zen Ghost Show complex. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a Chinese word, I don't know. Um and um they're angered by over exacting quality controls as well as demands they work through the week long national holiday, which began on Monday. Okay, so they have legitimate reasons. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Huh. I think the the bad guy here is Foxconn, not Apple and Foxconn. Right, anything. of course, but they're always know, trying to add Apple into it.
0: Yeah, there are. The, the, that's what Reuters does. Yes. Moving along.
1: All right, so there have been rumors that the Windows Phone 8 launch uh, will be on October 29th, which is the same or the weekend after uh, the Windows 8
0: launch. So, yeah. So I think the what is that called? The end the uh, Windows 8 launches on the 26th. So just 3 days later would be the monday after i guess so oh, i think that yeah. that that sounds about right
1: yeah hmm. windows 8 windows 8
0: yeah windows 8 windows windows 8 on the computer windows 8 on the phone windows 8 on the tablet windows 8 everywhere except it's pretty
1: convenient how that all
0: yeah it's pretty convenient sense. except the only thing i think about is that nobody's going to buy it huh that's weird
1: yeah. yeah although they do have cheaper prices i was I was doing a speech on a uh, software update today, software updates today. And I think Windows 8 will be $15 if you bought your PC after June 2nd. Yep, that is right. Otherwise it'll be $40 if you do the download. Yep. Or $70 if you buy it in a store or you have it be sent to you on a disk. Yep. And that's all until January 31st, 2013. And then it'll go back to the usual $200.
0: And you know what? I really doubt they'll actually stick to that. I think they'll. I think they'll keep, I think what they want to do is they want to drive adoption for Windows 8 right now, and I think they'll eventually extend that. Like I think they're using that January 31st date to scare people.
1: Yeah, I hope so cuz $200 for an operating system update does not seem worth it.
0: Well, yes. especially when the features aren't that much better, and by better I mean so much worse.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the Windows 8 App Store could be kind of nice. Yeah. I like, I like the Mac App Store at least. I think it's a,
0: see, I like the Mac uh, App Store. <laughs> I like the Mac App Store. Um, one of the reasons I like it is so when I log into my MacBook Air, I use my username and password that I set up on the MacBook Air. But on Windows 8, when you buy an app in the store, you can do that. You just set up, you know, your, you know, like your Apple ID, you set up your username and password. Yeah. But you can do that for the Windows Store too, but, it doesn't just stay there. It also becomes your username and password for the entire computer. Now That's weird. Now, what is the first thing you ever learned about keeping a web account secure? Use a ridiculously long password. So yes. every time my computer idles for five minutes, I have to retype my password that's 32 characters long? I don't think so. So yeah. I, don't, I think I need to get that worked out.
1: Hopefully they have a good um, customer service for their huh. Windows 8 App Store.
0: Oh, I I doubt that. It's Microsoft. Yeah. to some change. Okay, let's talk about Google. So in other rumors, uh, Google is suspecting or is su- suspected to reveal their new Nexus device, which is rumored to be an LG clone of the Optimus G. Now what we think of, we know about the Optimus G is that it has a 4.7 inch screen, which is just you know
1: huge. Gigantic. Yes. Um,
0: I don't even know how to, like, measure that with my own hands. Like, that's bigger than, like, anything I've ever held in my life. Um. <laughs> yes. Some exaggeration there. A <laughs> little bit. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's going to have a really, a strange resolution, too. It's, it, it's like, uh, a, a 12. Oh, how did I open the Foxconn link again? That's interesting. Oh well, I don't know, uh, but yeah, it's it's going to have a really big resolution. It's it's going to be a 720p compatible resolution, so I don't think it'll be redneck quality, but no. it'll have a pretty good resolution on its own. So it'll actually look halfway decent for movies. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah,
1: and then lastly, here for lightning, um, Apple is beginning to fix some of the iOS six map errors. Um, on the article we have linked here is. They've, the Statue of Liberty, I've also seen things of like the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, so there, I guess that's new, all New York. But they are beginning to fix some of their issues. So, so I, I think I, it'll improve a lot over time.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, it, it does look a lot better now that they fixed the Statue of Liberty. I like how a object that isn't going straight up makes a shadow. That is, yeah, impressive. Well, I think, um, that was a great lightning round. Uh, normally we would have a sponsor, but since nobody sponsors us, we don't have a sponsor today.
1: Sponsored by us.
0: Yeah, we're sponsored by ourselves this week. That is the way to go. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I hear you have an iPhone 5. So what, what amazing apps are you using on the iPhone 5 right now?
1: Well, my, probably my most favorite app is, it's been my favorite for the last year and a half or however long I've had it is Tweetbot. And this is TapBot's iPhone client, or iPhone, or iPad, or even Mac Twitter client. And I like it. It has many, many features, such as streaming, or you can save a link to Pocket, um, multiple accounts, list support, uh, there's push notifications, you can do all this, any of your Apple devices, and with a great interface. And you use the Mac client, too.
0: Yes, so. I do use the Mac client.
1: Which... Has been submitted to the Mac App Store, so it should be out soon. soon.
0: That's good. So, what is what? Do, what do you really like about Tweetbot? And then I'll tell you what I really like about it.
1: I like it's. It's a. I like the dark, darker interface. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the the bottom and top parts are dark. Um, but I think I think it at least blends well with my black iPhone five. But it's. I really like how it has streaming. That feature was added a few months ago. Push notifications is very nice. So for,
0: um, the, for our listeners, what is streaming?
1: Streaming is where new tweets come in without you having to reload or have it auto-reload after a certain amount of time. So it's a, a Twitter API that allows Twitter to push new tweets versus the device looking for new tweets and pulling
0: in. That is revolutionary.
1: Revolutionary. That is right. So, so what
0: I really like about TweetBot is that it's not the Twitter app for Mac. Now that's my favorite, literally my favorite thing about it. Uh, but actually, one of the things I really like about it is when I click on, um, uh, uh, like, um, uh, so like you and I talk on Twitter all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and so one of the things I think is great is that, so I can click on the tweet that I last sent to you and then I can see our entire conversation going from the top to the bottom. So the top being more recent and the bottom being the oldest. And so I can see an entire thread expanded out just by clicking one thing. And for really long conversations, which is what I tend to do with Twitter now, that is great
1: yeah that's that's true I do use that feature a lot um I that feature was added fairly recently so uh, but after the Mac beta came out but I keep forgetting about it but um yeah that's really nice I do use that a lot too oh, and uh, it, also, it supports the retina display on the, on my Mac on
0: oh that's screen. even better because of course you 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 have you actually can notice those. Uh, pixels it, that would be missing otherwise.
1: If you think the Twitter app looks bad on your computer, oh, just man. imagine it everything yeah. extremely fuzzy.
0: So, did you so you obviously do you use Tweetbot on the Mac? I assume you do.
1: Yep, I use it on
0: the Mac. So, did you turn on Twitter notifications for OS 10.8? Um
1: I well one of the first things I did was I disabled Twitter notifications and I I just have uh, the Tweetbot notifications. So, if I don't have Twitter or if I don't have Tweetbot open, I won't see any notifications for tweets on my computer, but. Oh,
0: okay. So maybe I should do that because so in my infinite wisdom, I have Twitter for Mac, just, you know, the, the regular App Store app. And then I have the integrated Twitter. And then whenever I get a tweet, the integrated Twitter pops up its a little thing in the mission notification center, I guess pops up and yells at me that I have a new tweet. So then, because I'm so clever, I go to click on it, assuming that it'll take me to my real Twitter app, which is TweetBot, and then I'm gone. I'm on the website, and I'm so confused. I don't even know what's going on.
1: Yeah. You have to enable notifications in TweetBot preferences.
0: Well, that explains why I haven't been getting and, any. Yeah.
1: Well, in time, you will figure out a way that works.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Cool. It's about time I figured this stuff out.
1: Yeah. Huh. So, another thing I've been wasting my time with For the last like two and a half or three months is there's a a Simpsons game called Tapped Out. So it's like it's like your typical time waster Farmville kind of style game. Except not quite as wasteful as Farmville. I used to play Farmville. I was a level fifty two and I played like an hour a day.
0: (laughs) That is great.
1: But no more. Hopefully my account is deleted, but I kind of doubt it. But yeah, that's my that's my time waster. And it was just recently updated for the iPhone five.
0: You were telling me about this um picture game or this picture Snapchat thing.
1: Yeah, my sister actually texted me just a few hours ago saying, "Hey Brian, you should get this app." So I tried it out and it's it's an interesting app because you you have to make an account, you have to put in your phone number even. And but you add uh friends as a username. And what you do is you take a picture and um let me open it up here so I can see what I'm doing. So you can take a picture And you set a time between one and ten seconds. And then you can, you can, uh, draw on it in any color. I think there's a way to type. I just don't know how. Um, and then what you, you can save it to your camera roll if you want to. Otherwise you'd send it to whoever the username you're sending it to. And they have however long you set the time for to look at that picture. And then you can't see it ever again.
0: That is a really cool way to do it.
1: A, you have to hold down your finger while you look at the picture right if it's your finger you don't see it anymore and
0: i assume they're making you hold it down so that you can't take a screenshot possibly
1: yeah that could be
0: it i think that makes sense yeah that that's clever uh yeah so i i looked it up and they are making uh an android app of this service so it's called snapchat and it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. so you know i don't have an app this week um you know, when that mini iPad comes out, I'll have a lot of apps to tell you all about because I'm sure there's, like, tons of apps on iOS, but there are aren't are literally none on Android. So instead, I'm going to tell you about something else, and it's called an i7. And I, what I mean by i7 is it's called an i7-3770K. Now, if you could put an i7-3770K in your iPhone, it would go so fast that it would make a hole in the space-time continuum.
1: It would also turn red hot and <laughs> destroy my battery
0: well yeah, it might just do that yes but with one percent of its epic power it could probably do any task that you've ever wanted to do on a smartphone that's true um
1: I'll, i haven't heard of any smartphone running uh what do they call it x86 is that what it's
0: called yeah X, x86 is traditionally Six. yeah yeah well, x86 is the instruction set, typically, what it's called. But when we say x86 now, we mean the instructions. But when we say what? Yeah, it's too confusing. I'm not going to do it. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but, you know, let's see. Do I have any actual apps on this phone? Do I use any? So I did wet twa- last week. Um, hmm. You know, I could talk about this one. So there's a nice app on Android. So a few few months ago, when I had my... Old phone, so maybe Aprilish. Uh, my friend Matt and I, you know, my co-host, you know, that guy, he had a heart attack last week. He he'll come back next week, maybe.
1: Okay.
0: But but basically, we were out in the park and we were trying to eat pizza and it was too dark, so I wanted to get a flashlight out. Mm-hmm. And of course, we were out in the park where there's no Wi-Fi, so it was on 3G, so it was taking forever to download. And we were just you know sitting there, and then I didn't tell him that it was done, and I just opened the app, and so when the app opened. It made the noise of like a of like a laser gun warming up. So it was like Rrr. So it was like you know, like um in um Star Trek, you know when the phasers are getting warmed up, they they make that little high pitched squeal. Yeah. That kind yeah. of thing. Well, so then I I did that while it was pointing at him and the light came on and he was terrified. But that was <laughs> funny. Um uh, so this app is not that app. Um uh, and the reason being that app spammed me. So it would embed weird icons all over my home screen and then spam my notifications tab that sounds thing. like a fun app no it was not fun so in light of that i found a different flashlight app get it in light of that uh-huh. uh, <laughs> yeah so funny yes yes i agree and so this one is called what is it called it's called tesla led and okay. it's it's free and it does not spam you there are no ads in it And it actually has nice features. So the first nice feature is that when you turn it on, it will stay on sometimes if you actually know what you're doing. Um, it'll stay on sometimes when you do, uh, when you actually turn your phone screen off. So that's nice. Um, but other cool features it it has is auto off. So if you're like reading a book or something and you might fall asleep, you can turn your light off after X minutes. Yeah, which is nice. It also has this obnoxious strobe. Um, uh, strobe effect. So you can set the frequency wand, um, and it could go from zero to 20, and you can essentially blind a person if you'd like by strobing them to death. It's kind of cool. And what another fun one you can do with this is you can send out Morse code. Uh, so I, I have mine, my phone set to Morse code right now, and it's, it's Morse coding out hello. That's cool. Yeah. And it's and it's doing this in light pulses, so it's that's kind of cool. I don't know how to stop it
1: yeah i I have a, a flashlight app. it's called flashlight by Rick and um wow it's it's like it's the smallest iPhone app I have on here. It's like three hundred kilobytes or something, but it's simple. there's an on an off you could do Morse code also, but you have to know how to use Morse code, yeah, so you can tap the screen. you can turn on a shake for s o s so it'll do your s o s thing oh right. Um, also you can do a strobe light and you can, uh, 0.01 seconds to two seconds and you can sync the light and dark together or you can separate them. And also, I guess new in the iPhone five, you can change the intensity of the flashlight because I guess they can change the brightness of it. So that's my flashlight app.
0: Yeah. See, you know, it's funny that flashlight apps are still like not perfectly solved, and not even even usually built into the main OS, even though they're just so like obvious.
1: Yeah, I um on my jailbroken iPhone four, there's a tweak called Spring Flash, and you can set in action so you can double tap the clock on the lock screen, for example, and it will turn on the flashlight if you set yeah, it to do that. Yeah, see that and- makes so
0: much sense. That I I love
1: that I use that all the time when that was my main phone.
0: Yeah. See, Apple would never do that because they don't like hidden feature Easter egg things like that. Yeah. Yeah. The wonders of
1: jailbreaking.
0: That is right. Well, you know, we probably should do some main topics uh, because these plugs were just too good. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about these um, textbooks?
1: All right. We'll see what I can remember about reading this article an hour ago. Um. So, California. um, set, made a uh, where it was signed two laws signed by Governor Jerry Brown to um, I'm basically quoting Ars Technica here one to create textbooks another to establish a California digital open source library to host them so California is now requiring um, the California universities to make textbooks that um, the lower schools lower division schools can use under the Creative Commons license.
0: So, I mean, I I think this is great. So, I mean, it does go on to say, according to the summary, the textbook bill would require California Open Education Resources Council... Wow, that's a mouthful. ...to determine a list of 50 lower-division courses. So, in other words, any course that's not in a major. Like, so, when you're a freshman and a sophomore, you're usually taking lower-division courses, and then when you're a junior and a senior, you're taking courses in a major. So, these are generally nondescript non-interesting classes they're just like anybody could take them yeah so you have 50 lower division courses in public post-secondary segments for which high quality affordable digital open textbooks and related materials would be developed for or acquired so yeah uh that that doesn't totally say that they have to be written by the universities but they have to say that the assets and materials have to be either written or acquired so i guess they could buy them and then make them open source but that's weird
1: that seems like that wouldn't really be possible
0: yeah uh so basically what's cool is also is that the books have to be put into a creative commons license so you've heard about creative commons right yeah yeah so creative commons forces you to not only keep them you know open and around but also so that other other people can not not only just use them, but also change them and add to them and remix them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So it's not only like once the books are written by people in California, they can be used elsewhere too. So that's great.
1: Yeah, I uh, and these are um yeah open source, so they wouldn't be charged. You wouldn't be charged money to use them. Right. I think that'd be nice because textbooks today are. I mean, I spent two hundred and fifty dollars on. I rented. What is, I rented three, and I bought one used, and I spent two hundred fifty dollars, Wow, for one semester
0: those those rented books those scare me. I don't trust those, yeah, let's I'm see what, it a try. Did, what did I spend? See all my textbooks remain on my table unopened,
1: yeah, I have one for public speaking. I didn't use it all,
0: yeah, well, I think I spent maybe three hundred dollars uh, um for my textbooks this semester, and but I did buy them all, so I suppose that's fair, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm lucky. My math one is I could use in both my math classes, but that it goes for 180 if you buy it new.
0: So yeah, well, I mean, I'm
1: renting it for eighty eighty dollars for the semester.
0: So one of the things I did this semester was I could have used my financial aid to buy my textbooks at um, the university bookstore, but instead I used my own money to buy them on Amazon, um, which was maybe ninety dollars cheaper. So.
1: That's a pretty good deal,
0: yeah i thought it was I thought it was worth it to spend less and not more yeah and and then I got to use Amazon
1: Amazon's great yes I, like
0: Amazon. I I agree so what do you what do you think do you think this um open source book movement will catch on in other states?
1: I wonder California seems to be the the radical state when it comes to weird
0: well, not necessarily they also seem to be the free radical state where everything and its brother will cause you cancer
1: that's true, that's true, yes. <laughs> they're they're the they're the state that makes the laws first to see whether or not they'll actually work or do anything, but um I I don't know I think it'll be interesting we'll have to see I think if if a textbook publisher is in that state I kind of doubt that they will they'll lobby against it but. oh
0: definitely I wonder too that uh if these textbooks after they're developed I wonder what kind of maintenance they'll get from the universities that wrote them. So, I mean, you could write a textbook and it could be good, but then in three years it could be outdated. So then what? Does somebody else have to take up the, the book writing, the book updating, or does the university that writes it have to be generally responsible for it going through?
1: Yeah, or would it be something kind of like Wikipedia where uh, where anyone could write it and then you wonder, would it be credible anymore? So
0: Right. Well, I think professors have to be the ones that are writing this at least. Okay. So that that's at least something that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, what would be fun here is to read the comments to see what other people think. That's always fun. Oh, one, one interesting to point out that on Ars Technica, Tim Berners-Lee, um, you know, the guy who essentially made the internet, he wrote this article and the, you know, he's, he's hoping that this solves an educational issue. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, it seems like everybody likes it.
1: Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be willing to try it I I don't know. I, I feel weird that it, or it'd feel weird to be reading a textbook on my computer or my iPhone. Well, I mean, well, I don't have that tablet device.
0: Right. So that's one of the things. So I, I, I've downloaded PDF versions of textbooks, and I've always hated them. So then I always end up buying the real textbook anyway. And, uh, I mean, I've re- I tried to read them on the computer. I never try to bother on the phone because it's too small anyway. But on the computer, on the MacBook Air, it does not work to flip, you know, like on uh, Preview, right? So, you know, it it e- either does one continuous stream of pages or it does left and right pages it yeah. just never works for textbooks for me, and I just can't deal with it. But I think once I get that mini iPad, I think I'll be good.
1: Yeah, that mini iPad.
0: Yeah, that mini iPad that I keep telling people about.
1: I, I wonder. I heard some rumor about it.
0: Did you hear the rumor the that one. it's going to have an i7-3770K in it?
1: <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah. Where did that rumor come from?
0: I I heard it on uh net. Ooh,
1: that should be a site. <laughs> Who owns that right now? I, I
0: don't know. Crap, I don't know how to spell rumors while wow, I'm getting old. Cannot
1: find the that, server. That
0: means nobody has it. I might buy this later.
1: Ooh. <laughs> that would be fun.
0: Yes, it would be. Well, audience, you know what to do. Uh, What were we talking about? I have forgotten already. Well, why don't we move on from textbooks to something more interesting. And by interesting, I mean fun. Tent IS and Tent IO.
1: So this is another social
0: network thing network yeah yeah another one
1: i one that uh i signed up for what like hour hour and a half ago yeah
0: so before the show uh we were talking about oh cool somebody tweeted back at me that i mean i'm sorry somebody tented at me i am i i am so sorry i mean tented wow tented yeah tented so basically Tent.io, uh as you might probably not know is a clone of what net is, and app.net is a clone of Twitter. So basically, Tentio is a clone of Twitter, and Tentis is the clone implementation of Twitter. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, uh, yeah. I hope so. You think when you step back, yes.
0: Yeah, when you step back a <laughs> little. Oh, so I, I did find out that there apparently is, um, some, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. There are actual, um, some, there are a few clients. Um, here, I'll send this, I'll put this link in the show notes, uh, because it actually is kind of useful. There are clients for Tent.io. So why don't we tell people what Tent.io really is? Like how it looks and what it does.
1: Well, at least on Tent.is, it's a, you can, there's a free or a paid account. I can't really see what the options, oh wait, account, there we go. So you can either have free, which will give you two gigabytes of storage. You can only do status posts, so like 256 characters similar to the tweet um, and you can repost anything and read anything. Or you can do the $12 per month early adopter plan where you can do all post types and have 12 gigabytes of storage.
0: Now, of course, you're probably wondering what all post types refers to and honestly, I can't tell you because I don't know. Uh, Actually, I do know. Uh, If I actually look it up if it loads post types. Here we go. So, there actually is a bunch of different post types. There's status, which is the one you get for free. But the other post types are a little bit different. Now, you can make any post type you want. So, if you're like a weirdo, you can make a weirdo post type. So, whenever you want to be weird, you provide a weirdo post. But, um, the ones they have built in is essay. So, that's for long, kind of like a traditional blog length post. Um, so it's the, here in the documentation, it says, Essay is a longer piece of writing. It allows authors to buy a title for the essay, an excerpt for followers who might want to sample the reading before reading the whole piece, and tags and for categorization. And there's no post length limit. So that's cool. Twitter doesn't yeah. do that. Um, there's also a photo post type, an album post type, which is a collection of photos, conveniently. There's a repost type. There's a profile post type. And there's a delete post type.
1: A delete post type.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that... Oh, okay. So, like, if a previous, if an axle post type was deleted, the delete post type takes its place. Okay. Yeah. So you know, on Twitter, when you see like somebody tweet and they made a silly mistake and then they delete it in real time, that's always cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see that, and I'll see that. I'll, I'll have like glass past it, and I'll just be like, "Darn, oh. what was
0: it?" <laughs> right. Yeah. So, what what do you think about tent? You've been using it for twenty minutes. What do you, What do you think?
1: Well, as as I tented it to you. <laughs> With carrot, 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 because they, Tensat is use the carrot symbol above the six instead of the app symbol above the two for replying to people. And I see that you, uh, how do I get to my view? You said, you said something back to me. What was it?
0: Well, I think if you click on your name in the top corner, you can see your, your profile streaming thing. Oh,
1: there we go. Yes, you, you said, Yes, I love carrots and potatoes.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. Um, yes, carrots and potatoes.
1: So it seems all right. It's the interface is a bit bare for it now. Is, it is very bare. It it's, is very confusing. It's a basic. little confusing. There's a lot of all of the links are blue. And right. I think there should be some more shadows around each box. So you want it to look it.
0: more like a Mac app. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what shadows mean to see now. I guess.
1: Yeah. Or not necessarily shadows, but a little more of a...
0: Stylized look, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the dream of Tent.io is? So we know the dream of app.net. It is to make a upfront sustainable Twitter clone. So instead of having ad revenue be the supporting pillar, um, people enjoying the service and then just paying for it yearly upfront before they get their joy out of it, that is supposed to be app.net's support pillar. So, what do you think the dream behind Tentio and Tentis is?
1: It's the the open source. Well, it's the Linux alternative. The okay, right. Free, no ads, no no fees. I guess
0: right. So, from what I'm reading, uh, from the where I stand on the internet and the Tentio and Tentis, and this is what I've been saying for years, is that you know you you've d- no doubt heard of WordPress, right? Yeah, oh, I heard, of it, yes. Okay, good. You've, you've heard of WordPress and Morris? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> good. Um, I can't believe they don't have Target and Morris. I mean, you've got everything else, WordPress and YouTube, so. but no Target. That is insane. Well, well, anyway. Um, so, Tentio is a lot to me, like what WordPress is to the rest of the internet for blogging. So, WordPress is in a unique position. So, for, for WordPress, you can do either a, a free account on WordPress.com, and that'll get you pretty much that'll get you 80% of everything WordPress has to offer. You can get some themes, you can do pretty much everything, you can upload movies, you can upload pictures to a limited extent and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. uh, if you're a little bit more daring and you're going to be doing this a lot, you can pay to get an account on wordpress.com. So then they host your blog for you without ads and you can upload unlimited things and you can have a custom domain name and you can you know, uh, do all sorts of stuff. So then you can actually buy themes and use themes and tweak themes. So you can have a blog that looks like the way you want. Mm-hmm. But then WordPress has a third alternative. Uh, you can buy your own hosting in your own domain name and you can upload a standalone WordPress.com or WordPress.org installation to your own server hosting space. And you can have your own blog that is totally independent of WordPress. And not only can you change the theme, you can change the code all the way down. You can do whatever you want to it, essentially. And so I feel like Tent.io is the the Twitter, I don't know, like the short messaging WordPress of the internet. So you can, Tent.is is is just one example of what this is. So Tent.is is is like WordPress.com. There's a free and paid version. But Tent.io is the underlying structure. And you can get a server of your own that mimics what Tent.is is and put that on your own server. So... I think the dream eventually is to have this completely decentralized, um, system. So, like, if you have a server and I have a server, our servers will communicate back and forth to synchronize our messages. And then if people follow us on TentIS, though, TentIS servers will synchronize with our servers to sync with us.
1: Yeah. So everything's working together to,
0: to make a, bring all of the messages together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's not great in efficiency like Twitter makes sense because it's in one place like the client just goes to Twitter or Twitter just goes to the client. Yeah. So I mean it's a little bit different there, but I think this is the right way to go. A completely distributed standalone model. Yeah. So what what feature would you like to see Tentio have next?
1: Uh feature or like what, a what, difference you'd like to see. Yeah, okay, fine. The, well, yeah,
0: a difference you'd like to see other than shadows. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I'd like to see the, it seems more, of I guess it is, Do they say beta, alpha, something like that? Yeah. It's, it's, the interface isn't complete, so. Definitely. I'd, I'd go for a completed interface.
0: I don't like that they call, uh, reposting, reposting. I like the name retweet, but I do like repost. It should be called something a little bit more creative.
1: Yeah. Repost Just... reminds me of. Tumblr. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, tum- yeah, Tumblr. Reblog, repost, yeah. Yeah. There we go.
0: Yeah. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean I like the I love the concept. I'm I'm probably never going to use Tentio because yeah. like nobody else I know except you is on it and otherwise there's no point. And it's I, our
1: secret conversation place.
0: You know literally for me Twitter is our secret conversation place because I, there's only maybe four people I know on Twitter that I actually know in real life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have uh I don't know. I have a few people I follow. Let's see. My my non-tech account i follow 129 and i have 138 followers but then my tech account that's where the numbers are way different <laughs> i follow 147 and i have 28 followers yeah i feel like you're you're one of the only people who actually read my tweets in that account
0: well so like i think a lot of people read tweets but they don't reply and they don't interact and so i think that's one of the big problems with twitter that that the interaction barrier is too high for some people and it's annoying
1: yeah and if you're if you're anything more than if you're like a normal person, you'll, you'll see like replies. But if you're big at all, you're just gonna ignore everything. Right. And that just becomes some other. That's like another form of a website, basically.
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm. I, I like Twitter, but not enough people use it to make it really. Oh, you're so funny. You tweeted. Hold on while I tweet this. There we go. Tweet. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I. I like the idea of what Twitter does. I like the idea of what Tentio does. But yeah, it will get there sometime. Yeah, and of Maybe course, I'll... and of course, you can find Brian Mitchell on the Tent.io, or I mean the Tent.is at bman four seven eight nine dot I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. Of
1: course, and you can find Ryan at Ryan Mister.
0: That's that, that's Mr. for my initials.
1: Yeah, I always think of it as Ryan Mister. Okay, that works too. I think I think that's kind of, that's fairly classy.
0: Is it? I don't know about that. Ryan, uh, mister, how are was, you? Was Mr. Ryan taken? No, it's just my initials. Oh. No, so really I wanted to do Ryan R, but when I started using Ryan MR, my Ryan R name was taken already. Like, I would have preferred Ryan, but Ryan Block from Engadget, or no, wait, I mean, sorry, not Gadget, Gadget, G-D-D-T or something. The, he took Ryan, at Ryan on Twitter, so then I went with Ryan MR because it was good enough.
1: Who has Brian on Twitter? I think it's... Some guy, Brian Von Veen, design at Nextdoor.
0: Oh, that's cool. He's
1: he's uh the five thousand nine hundred forty third Twitter
0: user. Wow, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I've actually used Nextdoor, so that's a good service, good product. And of course, he lives in California. Just about everyone does. Oh, of course. Yeah, I wonder why I didn't do like at Veen because nobody would have taken that.
1: Yeah, and I wonder who has Brian Mitchell.
0: Oh well, I do own my full name on Twitter. I do own Ryan Rampersean at Twitter dot com, but I just don't use it because I don't care.
1: Yeah. Well, Brian Mitchell was the six point three basically millionth user. Oh, six point three
0: million. Just to general.
1: Yeah. yeah. Let's see what. Well, my tech my tech account is like the five hundred seventeenth million. Well, that was March this year, and my other one was fifty six millionth.
0: But I'm the twentieth million. Wow, that's so sad.
1: When when did you get your account?
0: Uh it says February two thousand nine. July two thousand nine, so Yeah, you see I, I registered but I didn't I didn't use it until like that summer, so I don't I didn't really tweet much in the early days.
1: I didn't really use it until I got my iPhone.
0: Yeah, see that's I didn't use Twitter at all until I got my phone.
1: I'd forget well, about it for a week or two. Oh, yeah. I should tweet something. Right. And I'd be like, I don't know what to tweet. And well, then you wait another week and you do the same thing.
0: Well actually I remember when I first got my phone or, it wasn't my phone, actually. It was actually my first iPod Touch. And so then I, I got, um, crap. What was it called? It was a Twitterific. Uh, so I got Twitterific oh, yeah. for the iPod Touch fourth gen. And, uh, so that's probably right about the time you got your iPhone then, because iPhone four and fourth gen iPod Touch probably came around at the same time. And, um, I remember at Central, um, that when I had it, There was, like, a fire drill that wasn't, like, like I don't know, like, there was a chemical spill or something. So then they did the fire alarms. And so I was tweeting, like, pictures and texts, live updating, live blogging the the fire drill or something at Central. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I remember doing things like that at Central. Or I see tweets from everyone. Like, I don't know. That's how I figured out who won at Central's homecoming game this year.
0: Oh, well, speaking of which, so whose clever idea was it to set up a Twitter for Central? This year, that would be Brian Reinhardt. Oh crap! <laughs> I thought it was going to be some extraordinary smart student.
1: Oh no, it's he only. He's the only one who has the password to it. I think because starting late last year, uh, Saint Paul Public Schools, you can if you had a teacher username and password, you could get on any website. So right, he does that now.
0: So uh, I, I'm in, I'm I'm impressed that he's tweeting or at least reading the tweets. Um, I don't, I, I really didn't promote this when I was around because I didn't want to anybody to know. But if you go to twitter.com slash fake SPPS, you can read the tweets from SPPS administration. (laughs) And some of them are really funny. Fake
1: SPPS. Yep.
0: You know, like fake Steve Jobs and fake Tim Cook. Yeah.
1: I wonder who runs this.
0: Oh, I don't know. Who runs
1: this? (laughs) <laughs> would this, would this be you?
0: Oh, I, I, I don't know. My employer might not be happy with me, but maybe it is.
1: Mm.
0: No, I see. I kind of, I pretty much stopped doing it after I left, uh, you know, Central and, you know, being yeah. a student there. But it was really fun while I was doing it. Yeah. So I did this when I was a senior and it was a lot of fun. So just, just for fun, some of them, strong schools, strong communities, a the slogan that will shake the foundation of the district to this core. Or, um, we pay for students to attend college classes. That spend their Fridays watching Toy Story to watch Toy Story. So I was at St. Paul College and the you know, the district paid for me to go to St. Paul College for a few classes, and then we watched Toy Story in college. That's ridiculous. Uh, another one another good one is to increase security, we put a suggestion box at the reception desk at nineteen thirty Como for new strong passwords. (laughs) Or another good one is um sorry about yesterday, we couldn't tweet. We forgot our password. We asked one of the students what it was again. (laughs) <laughs> or i or. knew
1: the uh building tech password for a little while at the end of my sophomore year
0: yeah
1: dr mama gave it to me but i forgot oh that's
0: it. so funny of course it you was were. it
1: was the last day of school so i wouldn't have been able to do anything but oh well i had i had mr reinhardt's password to the all the his lab computers Last year, that's
0: okay. He doesn't need those.
1: I just, I just used it to install all the software I wanted.
0: Well, years and years ago, back when I was a child, and by a child, I mean a freshman, it used to be Apple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember it would, uh, what was it? In this. Yeah. I remember in the I like
0: library how we're spilling computer the beans Labs. on this show.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, library, computer lab. It was teacher and Apple.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I
1: remember using that to update software on the computers because I was so pissed off that there was like, two-year-old updates
0: that hadn't been run. So my other two favorite uh, tweets I did was, more people attended the Ordway Honors Concert than Valeria's last meeting. We'll give the music, too. She's getting the drum set up now. <laughs> and the other one was, sorry, that last t- that last tweet was incorrect. The password is 1930 Como with a K. That's how kids spell. Cool, right? So it has to be secure. <laughs> it was a lot of fun doing this uh, fake Twitter. Well, yeah.
1: Well, you have another follower, so...
0: Oh, good. Well, I, I'm totally not going to continue doing it, but yeah, okay. That's fine. Oh, who
1: follows you? Me, William, uh, Kieser. yeah. Keezer and Minneapolis Reviews. Oh,
0: well, you can tell who's a spammer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I like it. Well, anyway, I suppose we should, um, do our last main topic here. Um, yes. and, and, you know, as when we restarted, when we started recording this, it actually legitimately was October 5th. Now, do you remember where you were on October fifth when I this was, happened?
1: I was sitting on my bed near where my feet were, sitting with my computer on my lap when my friend um, messaged me on iChat saying, "Did you hear the news?" And I, and when he said that, I just thought, "I'm like, oh, Steve Jobs died, didn't he?"
0: How that would you just think I
1: that? I don't know, just just the way I imagined him saying it, and I was think I was like, I was reading Apple News or something at that time, and I remember I Google searched. Steve Jobs' death, and there was nothing, nothing came up. It was before, it was, I saw it maybe before five minutes before it wow. became super viral.
0: So I I was a little bit late to the party, so to say, if you call it that, and um, I was actually taking a nap at the time, and so then I woke up, and I took out my MacBook Air, and, you know, I was just going to read the tech news of the day, because, you know, that's what I did. I was an obsessed child. Yeah. And um, so then I'm, you know, just reading my feeds, and suddenly, like, there's like 20 of them in a row that says... Steve Jobs died. Steve Jobs died. And I didn't really believe it at the time because two weeks or so, maybe a month or so, maybe, um, what's trending was, um, a thing ABC was doing at the time. And somebody hacked the what's trending account. And because it was an ABC account, it was verified and was supposed to be trustworthy. Yeah. And what's trending had been hacked and they, somebody had fake tweeted Steve Jobs died, um, just a little bit before that. So then after reading enough stories and I, I, t- I did legitimately believe it and I was just, I was just shocked and baffled at how he died the day before, or the day after the epically poor received iPhone 4S announcement. Yeah. Um, so then I, I promptly wrote a blog post about how much everybody loves Steve and why we love Steve. Yeah. And then I also promptly ordered not only the hardcover copy of the Steve Jobs biography, but I also ordered the audiobook version too. Okay.
1: <laughs> I got I got the biography for Christmas and I didn't finish reading it till this summer.
0: Yeah, so. I didn't finish until this year either because it wasn't that good. I I liked it a lot. The beginning was a little
1: slow, but the end was good.
0: I you know, it. you know what I felt like when I was reading it. I felt like there was not enough. Like I think Steve Jobs did a lot more than what was presented in that book. Like in any one day, like today alone, I have done so much stuff. I probably couldn't write a book about it. But if somebody was writing about a book about what I did today. There could be at least that many pages because I did a lot of stuff today, and that's my, a lot of stuff. And through my entire life, I think a book could have been longer. There, I don't know if there was enough detail, but I thought there was a lot more detail with his early life, like before he remade Apple that we know today. Yeah. Um, and then what we know today, I think he, I think Isaacson kind of glossed over it a little bit, simply because we know so much about now, but I don't feel like we know that much about now in terms of the book.
1: Yeah, I really liked all the stuff about Pixar with him. I didn't know very much about him with yeah, Pixar. Yeah, it was good to I'm,
0: read about Pixar, yeah. Yeah. So we actually, um, so Apple today kind of did a, like a little uh, homage to Steve Jobs, and they, um, I don't know, what would you call it? They essentially put up a little compilation of great pictures of him and quotes he said over the years in high-definition audio, of course. And, yep. um, yeah, we're going to play that right now. Let me see if I can cue that up. All right. Cue. <laughs> it's only a minute and 45 seconds. I think we'll just play the whole thing. Yeah.
2: There's an old Wayne Gretzky quote that I love. I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it has been. And we've always tried to do that at Apple. This is iMac, the whole thing is translucent, you can see into it, it's so cool. This amazing little device holds a thousand songs, and it goes right in my pocket. An iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator, are you getting it? Good morning. Well, yes, I'd like to order 4,000 lattes to go, please. No, just kidding. Wrong number. Thank you. It's in Apple's DNA that technology alone is not enough. It's technology married with liberal arts, married with the humanities, that yields us the result that makes our hearts sing.
0: Yep, so that was on the front page of Apple today. Um, So when you open the page, that would load up automatically. Um, And then if you closed it, right behind it actually was a message from Tim Cook Yes. And the message from Tim Cook goes a little something like this. A message from Tim Cook, CEO. Wow. What did I just say? I don't know. Steve's passing one year ago today was a sad and difficult time for all of us. I hope today everyone will reflect on his extraordinary life and the many ways he made the world a better place. One of the greatest gifts Steve gave to the world is Apple. No company has ever inspired such creativity or such high, set such high standards for itself. Our values originated from Steve, and his spirit will forever be the foundation of Apple. We share the great privilege and responsibility of carrying his legacy into the future. I'm incredibly proud of the work we are doing, delivering products that our customers love and dreaming up new products, uh, dreaming up new ones that will delight them down the road. It's a wonderful tribute to Steve's memory and everything he stood for. Tim. So that's essentially what is greeting you today on the Apple website. And it's not the iPhone. You can't even get to the iPhone from the main page. You have to click on the little navigation link. So, I mean, obviously it's important to Apple that, that people remember Steve and stuff. Yep.
1: Yeah, I wore my, um, my Apple logo with the bite being the outline of Steve's head. I think that was made by a Vietnam yeah. Vietnamese student last year. Yep. It was.
0: Yeah. I remember that day or I remember like, yeah, I guess it was the same day when he did it. Um, and and one of the weird things was so the day before he died um <coughs> and and this sounds so bad in retrospect but i was sitting in my calculus class and i i i had already taken calculus the year before so i was totally uninterested in the class so i was sitting with my friends in back and we weren't talking or anything but my friend was looking through the newspaper and he was compulsive to the degree where um if there was like some kind of percentage or I don't know, some kind of fact in the newspaper that was a number. He would research on Wikipedia and stuff to find out if the newspaper was correct. And so he didn't have a phone of his own, so he'd always use one of ours. And so I, mine wasn't charged at the time, so he was using my friend's iPhone 4. And the day before Steve died was, of course, the iPhone 4S announcement. So anybody with an iPhone 4, of course, knew that was happening. Yeah. And so my friend handed my other friend his iPhone, and my friend didn't know... Like, so, you know, on Safari, mobile Safari, when you click in the address bar, there's no space button on the keyboard. Yeah. So he didn't realize that at the time. Like, he didn't know he was, he, he knew he was searching, but he didn't know which button. And I, and I said to my friend, if Steve, if Steve knew you were doing that, he would die. Like, <laughs> or if Steve, Steve saw that it would kill him. And then like those words just rang in my mind the day after when, when we found out he died.
1: Maybe it was all you. Yeah.
0: Well, no, it was my friend because he didn't know how to use the bloody space bar and the differentiated search and address bar fields. I don't know, but it was probably me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so in the, in the year that's passed, what do you, what do you think about all this?
1: How Apple's changed or? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I think they're doing a good job. I think Steve's, I'm sure, still had an influence on all the products they've released. Definitely. Um, I think. The iPhone 5s or six or whatever they call it will be a bit different. I bet you from here on out, about maybe the year after, they're gonna the products will haven't really have had much input from Steve because you know a year ago. So I think now is when the difference is gonna be made. Whether or not Apple can keep going, I think they will. Yeah, I think Should eleven we, years and and them learning from their mistakes will keep it going strong.
0: Right. So do you think Apple will? do you think one of the things apple employees but probably the top executives do you think they wonder to themselves of course everybody asks this questions what would steve think what would steve do
1: yeah oh i'm i'm sure they think that and i i bet that still will kind of keep his i don't know his ideas around for a while
0: like but. like steve set out apple to create good things that were not only amazing to people who bought them but i think one of the things I take away from what Steve was going for was that they make products not only for consumers and customers, but they make products for themselves that they would want to use. And I think as a programmer, but also as a person who likes things that work and likes fine, you know, not necessarily exquisite, but things that work and work well and that are functional and that are designed well. I think not only designing for the person who buys it, but designing for something for yourself, I think that is an ideal that I subscribe to a lot and i think if that is the ideal that apple adheres to not necessarily what steve would think but i think if apple did that apple would uh be great going forward for many years yeah
1: i agree there because you know you don't ever want to make something that you don't think you would use right that means there's something wrong with it
0: so. exactly and, and of course, as Apple is probably the most valued company in the world right now in, in terms of stock and probably of cash value with their billions stored in a Swiss vault somewhere, I think, I think they're not only good money wise, but I think they're good with ideology. But, you know, uh, I, I think, I think Tim Cook will do well, um, being the CEO. I mean, he's handed off certain things to others. He's not the visionary that Tim was, or I mean, Steve, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there will ever be another Steve-like person. Because if there is another Steve-like person, we'll say, oh, he's like Steve, and then just ignore him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But he's, he's sure, he sure changed how everything works and started it all and then come back and changed it all again.
0: So I'm just looking at my blog to see what I wrote one year ago today. On October 5th, 2011, I wrote... The first line of my entire blog post, Steve Jobs died. Period. That's it. Just, wow. I'll put, I'll put a link into the, into the show notes about this, but it's kind of cool to read what I wrote a year later, not having read it since. That's what, that's what's cool about a blog. You have retrospect. Yeah, you can look
1: back. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and of course we, we thought it would be fitting to mention Steve too, uh, you know, today, not only being October 5th, but when you, Brian Mitchell, got your second iPhone, um, because Steve loved the iPhone, but also Steve remade Apple on his second try, so that's also good and yeah. and and I always think Steve uh loved the black monolithic design of the iPhone since the iphone four like that was his ideal this this perfectly black rectangular shape,
1: yeah, I think that when when I remember seeing the iphone four keynote, and I saw that and i'm I was um instantly like this is the perfection of the iPhone because I've always seen the, you know, the iPhone 3GS. Oh, that chrome
0: bezel thing. Oh, it is a travesty.
1: It looked all right. I mean, the phone was still great on the inside and that's what I really cared about. But the actual, it was like, it's all right. I don't, it's not great. But the iPhone 4, the retina display, the better camera, just the black, it looked fantastic. I was like, I need this. And then I went hardcore and convinced my mom to buy it for me. So
0: Very well done. Yes, absolutely. Steve would be proud. Yes. That's what he thinks. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we have for now. Uh, do you have anything else?
1: Uh, no, not that I can think of.
0: Okay. Well, of course, this is a f- where I would ask you, where can we find you on the internet?
1: I am on tent.is.
0: <laughs> and how can somebody find you there? What is it again?
1: bman4789.tent.is okay good but more preferably I'm also on twitter at bman4789 at twitter and also tech4789 either or whatever
0: yeah I would prefer if you you should really talk to Brian on the uh, twitter because he'll probably forget to check the tent.is and I will definitely forget to check the tent.is so yeah check the tent.is I mean check the twitter
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'll, I'll bookmark this tent.is. Tents.is. Maybe I'll Like, I'll you,
0: maybe you need to, like, set an alert in your calendar, like, every three days. Just, like, remind <laughs> me to check that old service that is a joke. Yeah. Maybe that might be a good idea. And of course, you can find me, Ryan Represent, just about anywhere, but especially on the Twitter, not tent.is, on the Twitter at RyanMR. But if you did want to go to tent.is, you can find me at ryanmr.tentis. And of course, you can find me on my blog, where I've not only blogged about Steve Jobs dying one year ago today, but I've also blogged about many other things, and I will be blogging more about my computer that is spectacular with an i7 3770K. Um and, and you know what I hear? I hear that there's, that there's there's a rumor that the iPad mini will have a 3770K, uh powering it with um uh uh octocore graphics.
1: I think this will be your I think this is gonna be the next post that appears on the Ryan said blog.
0: Okay, yes, it, it may very well be. I, I just I, I didn't write it yet because I didn't I didn't have sources confirmed, but I have sources now, so it'll be being pushed up later tonight. And of course, you know, this is at the Nexus. This is the premiere show of The Nexus, and at The Nexus is where we talk about this week this week's technology news. We talk about some apps we love, and we talk about big things that we think are really important. And uh, of course, I have to thank Brian for being here today because my normal co-host um, had a heart attack last week, and uh, he could not make it in this week. Uh, well, yeah.
1: I hope he has a great recovery, and thank you for having me. Yes,
0: it is always great having you. You actually know what you're talking about. That is such a pleasure here.
1: Ooh. <laughs> well, usually know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, you're you're pretty good at this. So. Yeah. Well, it's been good. Have a good. Yes. One. You too.